You guys ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, ciao ragazzi. I should start that way. Ciao ragazzi. We are so glad that you guys are here listening to us. Uh, welcome to the Sally Boys Podcast Network. This is our first ever podcast. So I don't know if anybody in here is a professional podcaster. We have any, all right, so bear with us a little bit. We might make some mistakes, but it's all right. I promise it's going to be worth it. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Um, I do want to start off introducing everybody. We'll start with the man of the hour. Um, we'll start off with my dad, Sal LaRossi. We have, <laughs> we have uh, Andre LaRossi. What's up? And then we have my mom, Michelle LaRossi. Okay. So um, this is 50% of the... Yeah, so... We are their offsprings, me and Andre, and then we have two others. We have our older sister, Geneva, who lives in Carolina. She will special, uh, she'll be a special guest um, as many times as she can. Um, she's, she's, she's a busy person, though. She's a lawyer out there uh, starting up her own practice. Uh, we're all very proud of you, Geneva. You're going to be one of our first listeners. Uh, and then we also have our older brother, Carlo, who is not here tonight, um, but he, you, you guys are going to see him. He's a big sports guy, so whenever we talk sports, he's going to be here. This first podcast, we're going to talk about the, uh, the story of Sally Boys. Uh, we're going to start off talking about an overview of what Sally Boys is, because we know not all you guys uh, have ever heard of it. Um, and then we're going to get back, back, back into the, uh, the roots of my dad and, and learn a little bit about his upri- uh, is it uprising or upbringing. 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 Um, and because these are all stories that I've never heard and we've never heard. And so I'm excited for, to just sit down with my dad have a glass of wine. I'm drinking coffee, and just get to get to learn a little bit. Learn, learn a little bit about. It. So, to get off, um, <laughs> let's start off with this. Start off. We have some <laughs> listeners. We <laughs> yeah. We have some listeners already in Germany and the UK. They don't know what Sally Boys is. So, Dad, I'm gonna throw this one to you. What is uh, Sally Boys Pizza? Sally Boys Pizzeria is a neighborhood. Hole in the wall pizza shop. Strictly takeout. In the old days, we had delivery as well. When we first started, we had tables, tables seating for 22. But then in 87, we evolved to delivery and takeout. And then in 2007, we became strictly takeout. Okay. And people are probably thinking, why are they doing a podcast about a guy who started a pizza joint? It's, it's crazy. The city of Rio Rancho was almost like found, like I don't know. They called my dad the king of S- Southern Boulevard. The the pizzeria meant so much to the area that we lived in. So it's not just a pizza place uh, to our community. It, it's a really big deal. And uh, this year in 2020, my dad had the opportunity to retire, and so we actually clo- or I shouldn't say we. He actually he actually closed down the business this year, and so uh, we just it's it's a big time. It's it's kind of a uh, Life yeah, yeah. And like a little bit of a roller coaster. It's ups and downs and all stuff. But um, how do you feel about the retirement? Do you feel pretty good about it? Yeah, I'm. I'm so happy that uh, we were able to have a successful business for all those years. We had provided enough for our family. Provided enough for all four of my children to go to college. Provided enough to have a nice roof over our heads, and it also provided me the opportunity to. Work in my town, live in my town, and play in my town. I basically worked in my backyard, so it was a really, really uh, amazing uh, experience for me. Yeah, and one one of the most experience, like amazing experiences, is when we closed about a month ago. 
so many of your former employees reached out to you. That to me was one of the coolest things to see. Well, there was a big Facebook post and then there was a newspaper article. So then like, that's, that's what happened. They just started contacting, contacting him through Facebook or calling, uh, uh, just messaging. Phone calls, text messages, messenger. Uh, I just received a card yesterday from Florida. Mm -hmm. People thanking me, uh, customers, employees, touching their lives which i had no idea i touched that many lives and that yeah that's crazy yeah. you never would have thought you impacted so many people by giving right. them up right. letting them work through exactly. their high school days and 13 year olds 14 year olds 15 year olds all the way up yeah you know? people some people worked for me 12 years and uh, started out with me as a little kid he his remark on on the message was uh thank you for teaching me work ethic i'm going to take it to the grave with me that's awesome yeah it was really really that's touching really well that's funny because it's one of those things where you, people don't usually go into a pizzeria thinking oh i'm going to do this to touch people's lives <laughs> you want to make pizza and that's a <laughs> you know, you see, yeah but it's super cool that you have that kind of unintended yeah you know what i knew it was a paradise you yeah know what i mean and these were first-time jobs and i try to make it as fun as possible you know what I mean? Yeah, we try to have a good time. We had long hours, seven days a week. A short day was twelve hours. So I try to have as much fun as possible. I used to nickname everyone. <laughs> and, you know, I gave everybody a special name and, and try to work with the guys. I always worked with them. I felt if I was going to be there, I was going to work the line with the guys. Yeah. I wasn't just going to be the manager that dictated what to do. So, and that's, and that's, uh, it worked for us. Yeah. That's a good form of leadership. You know, I have one, 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 one child, you know, he, uh, I, I didn't even know. He reached out to me saying he came from a broken home. He had a horrible home life. He called every single day. But you didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I didn't know. You this. Heard he was this really young. Story, yeah. and I heard, you know, he reached out to me after we closed. And he's like, you have no idea. You know, I called every day until you gave me an opportunity to work. He was so young. He folded boxes and pulled weeds. But I touched his life. He said, we took him and his family. Mm -hmm. We became his home life. And now he's, he's doing very okay. Successful. Very successful, yeah. doing okay. He invited me to eat, come visit him, <laughs> stay at his home, eat with his family, you know? No, he's the manager of a big right. resort. He runs a big resort. <laughs> he wants to play golf, which I don't do. You know? Oh, look, I look at that. Did he say he's going to anyone to stay there? And, uh, yeah. You know? That's very, you know, very special. Yeah, that's and a great I've many, many, many stories. Oh, he has uh, police chiefs and yeah. bank uh, managers, bank, bank, bank president, president. Uh, firemen. We were at dinner yeah. not that long ago. Guy came up to us with a small kid, and he's like, "Look, I just want to thank you so much." Yeah, he's getting he's getting ready to retire. Not nose kid, right behind the ear, and now he's retired from as you know, with high ranking fire department. And he has small kids with him, and, and he's like, and I he's just, thanking me, yeah, because you gave him his first high school, and drink. I kicked his butt into shape, you know, good old boy. The uh, yeah, that's a credit. So that's that's why we're doing this is because to us and to, I would like to think our community, it's not just a pizzeria. It was really a part of the city, and a, and it made such an impact on everybody's lives. I mean. Well, our friends, even just being able to come over for dinner, they knew they were going to have pizza and they would get always excited. Every Super Bowl, every big football game, the party was here because 
they loved being around our family and they knew Sally Boys was gonna be here. <laughs> and when we opened, we, you know, the city was maybe 12,000. Right. I was gonna say it was that. So was small. Was small. He was the first small. one here. You have to go back to the yeah. beginning because the town that we live in is minuscule. So the, the city grew, so right. we grew together. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, okay, so back to the beginning, you, you said it. So now let's go back to the beginning. This is what I'm really excited for because I don't know a whole lot about your childhood. Um, you grew up, both of my parents grew up in Brooklyn, New York, which has the clout to be like the coolest city in the, in the, uh, in the country. So unfortunately, you guys had to move here. But uh, tell me a little bit about growing up in Brooklyn and like how did it kind of make you the person that you are like you know jay-z he was born in brooklyn and he like uh it just kind of helped him become who he is right yeah. jay-z's from brooklyn i would think where's yeah. jay-z from i think he is from brooklyn yeah. uh I appreciate you from the bronx he might be from the bronx but, <laughs> but listen, there's a lot of people from brooklyn that, that give credit saying, to brooklyn there's an old saying you can take the kid out of brooklyn but you can't take the brooklyn out of the kid yeah that's like cool. once it's there yeah, it's there. They don't say that about Rio Rancho. No, they don't. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about growing up in Brooklyn. Where'd you live? What area? I know they have little sub areas. Was it so? We grew up in the in the, uh, the Bensonhurst area of Brooklyn, and it's just on the cusp of Coney Island. Okay. So I barely was on the borderline Coney Island, and that's a bitch. And uh, we moved into that the house that we. We left when we came here when I was three years old. When my parents migrated from Italy, we lived in my grandparents' home. And my dad worked seven days a week. And after about six years in America, he was able to buy a house in Bay 49th Street uh, on Cropsey Avenue. And I was three years old at the time. It was a brand new house. It was a brand new three-story. Wow. And his father was a barber. His father was a barber. He worked in Manhattan. Like, he worked were seven days a week. Working for peanuts, basically. I, I mean, he worked. He works five days a week in Manhattan and went to the country club in Long Island on the weekends. Uh, and he was able to buy a home, brand new. And I, I grew up from there, from three years old all the way to sixteen. So we moved here. So. But we going. It was a predominantly uh, Italian neighborhood, mostly first, first and generation. second generation, uh, and but it was also multicultural. You yeah. know what I mean? A pretty diverse. Yeah, there was a mix. So he worked for the Korean guy. Yeah, you know, you know the, one, the one, the my, one of my first jobs was at the milk farm, which is a small grocery store. He was a Korean guy, Mr. Sung. You know, so it was a. Uh, it was a nice mix of, of cultures, but, uh, you know, I went to a private school, uh, a Catholic school, all the way from kindergarten, all the way to eighth grade. So there were two classes, one and two. So most of us... That's what they call the class, one. <laughs> one, 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 two, two, one, two, 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 three, two. So, I mean, you go to school with the same kids for nine years. Yeah. You got to develop lifelong relationships no matter what happens, you know what I mean? So my closest friends today are from my elementary school days. We still talk all the That's time. Amazing. I spoke to two of them. Anthony LaCourse, Tommy Gage. I spoke to two of them today. What a name, Tommy Gage. Tommy Gage, Anthony You know, Sal Marinello. They were all, you know, Tommy was second generation, but Sal and Anthony were first generation from Sicily. And, you know, we developed this bond and, uh, 
this you not know. able to speak English. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. And we speak English, but we had the crew. You know what I mean? We had the hangouts, and uh, you know, we enjoyed life. You know? It wasn't a bad neighborhood, but you got to remember, New York in the seventies period wasn't that hot. Yeah, the whole city was not that great, and that's why people were looking to jump you. Right. So you know, you say, "How did it change my life?" You know, some people say, "I'm always looking ahead, always, yeah. <laughs> always this." I mean, that's that's how I grew up. You had to be vigilant. You had to have a street face. You know, you know what I mean. You always had to be looking. You know, watching your back because you never know. It wasn't great. It so was there? Because like where we live, there's no no walkability. But where you live, everything was walking. You would walk to Coney Island. So was there ever, like, I, I'm in fear? Like, if I'm walking from one place to the other, do I have a fear of, like, I might I, get... I never felt fearful, but I've always... We were always vigilant. Even if we were again. Well, we guys. were taught to always be... Yeah. Well, we did. We walked everywhere. We walked everywhere. <laughs> we took mass transit if we need to go to the city. But I always walked to school every day. I walked home every day without my parents, without my mom, without my dad. It was a group of kids. And then even high school. I walked to high school, walked back. And then we hung out. We hung out all over the neighborhood every day, every night. 10 degrees, 20 degrees, 90 degrees, we were always out, you know? And when you guys were hanging out, you guys only doing good, nice, wholesome things? Yeah, we're just smoking <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> Smoking cigarettes, drinking a quart of beer. We do what any 13 year old does. Oh, I don't think 13-year-old kids drink a quart of beer. Uh, Brooklyn, 13-year-old call you drink whole 45 or old English. You know? So I wanna mom, you're also from Brooklyn. Yes. So there is a similar neighborhood. That's great. Literally three train stops away, if you know what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a train. So yeah, but I moved here much younger. I was, yeah, so you didn't really experience. No, I was not a teenager. You weren't drinking beer at thirteen, and you were oh. ten when she. No, I maybe smoked a cigarette or two. Drink beer. Um, I was ten when okay. I moved. Here, okay. So. So you talk about your shenanigans. This is a story I do know. It's one of my favorite, and we mentioned his name earlier, Anthony Lacazzi. Lacoste, sorry, sorry, Anthony. Could you please tell our listeners the story about how you guys all got in trouble that night? I believe you were throwing... Well, Tommy was there, too. It was a bunch of us, but okay. So (laughs) after school, we hung out, and I'm not going to mention any names, but one of the crew, the father, rented a storefront for us. So we had our own club. I mean, we're talking 13, 14, 15 years old. We have our own private social club on Howie Avenue. Okay? This sounds like a movie. And we had pool tables and pinball and video games and TVs and couches. I mean, and we hang out. We hung out there. So this is a tradition in Brooklyn. I don't know if they still do it. On Halloween, we hit a certain age. You don't go trick-or-treating anymore. You go egging. <laughs> and you egg people's houses. And you egg their cars. And you egg other groups of kids. So basically, it's the, treat, the trick yeah. part of the trick. So you might egg another, another hangout. You know what I mean? You go for another group of guys, and you egg them, they egg you. So you buy crates of eggs. I mean, 
crates and crates. Like more than 36. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, there's big boxes. I'm talking about big boxes of eggs. Like wholesale. Like, so we chip in, we buy all these eggs. Well, this particular Halloween, it rained and rained and rained, and we got rained out. Yeah, you know, when it rains, it rains. Yeah. Okay. So we got rained out. So Halloween comes and goes, and we have all these eggs. <laughs> So we're hanging out at the Club de Cougine <laughs> on Holly Area after school, and we start egging the city buses, the B64. And we start throwing eggs at the buses, then throwing eggs at the buses, and throwing eggs. And, you know, a couple of hours go by, and uh, another bus comes by. He's a double park car, so he kind of stops. And one of the guys goes up to the bus driver. He had the window open because it was a beautiful autumn day. And eggs him right in his chest. Okay? That wasn't good. <laughs> okay? Couple, maybe 20 minutes later, another bus comes, we egg, and three cars come from both directions on the air. Three police cars. Yeah, it's yeah. A, unmarked. Oh. Unmarked. <laughs> Detectives, undercover. It's a two way street. They come from both sides, weapons drawn, hands up, everybody stop, <laughs> nobody move. So who walks on the roof of the club? Who goes to the basement of the club? Who goes left? Who goes right? Everybody kind of, some people freeze. Of course, I was one of the ones that got pinched. <laughs> Tommy was one of the ones that got pinched. Anthony was one of the ones that got pinched, and a few others. So they take us to Coney Island. These are the transit police, mind you. They take us to Coney Island. And Did you get booked? They put us in a big cell. Did you get your fingerprints and all that? Yeah, they, had, they did everything. We got JD cards, white D cards, whatever it's called. Okay, juvenile the juvenile I still have it in the file. <laughs> I still have it in my office. So a remembrance of my good times in Brooklyn. But so we're all in the cell. Can I see ID? Can I see ID? Can you see? You don't drive T17 in New York. Nobody has ID. I have a bus pass, bus pass. <laughs> you know, we have transit passes. And then Anthony pulls out a test paper. He's like, yeah, there's my name on a test paper. Anthony LaCourse, what school do you go to? Brooklyn Academy. Where do you go? Brooklyn Academy. Where do you go? Brooklyn Academy. Where do you go? Bishop Court. You go to Severian. These are all top schools. Private schools. Private schools, Catholic schools, all top. And the cop starts freaking out. What the hell's wrong with you people? You come from good families. You have good education. <laughs> I can't believe you're going to get in trouble over freaking eggs, this and that. So anyway, they give us the JD cards, and they call our parents. My mom doesn't speak English. She doesn't drive. I'm stuck there. I wind up ultimately going home with Tommy's mom, okay? And she wanted that Tommy taken home. But before that, Anthony LaCorsi's mom comes. Now, she was a tough woman. She ran a dress factory on Bay 49, the block we lived on. She ran a dress factory. They called it sweatshops back then. There was no air conditioning. <laughs> you can hear her from down the block screaming at the ladies. Hurry up! Make the dresses, make the dresses. And she walks in with a pillow. And she's like talking to the police officers. I don't want it no more. You keep over here. And she throws the pillow at him in the cell and says, I'm not taking them all. <laughs> Leave them here. And, uh, you know, I left Anthony when I was 16. He had some really, really tough times, but uh, 
he's basically a saint now. Yeah. You know, he's became born again and, uh, you know, seen the error of his ways and he's just a wonderful family wonderful. man. And, and your dad friend. literally spent one hour on the phone and he's coming in October. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah awesome. he's coming to visit me in October. Oh I love that story. How did, awesome. get, how did he get out of jail? Did he ever... <laughs> Well, I guess eventually the cop convinced this woman <laughs> that she had to take Bo brings a pillow to the jail. Yeah. Why she brought the pillow? I don't want to know more. <laughs> for I don't want to know more. You keep being. She brought a pillow out. In the meantime, Dad had convinced Nana about the script. Oh, Nana yeah. Convinced him not to say anything to the mom. So I told Mom, I said, Mom, you can't say nothing to Dad. Mom, don't say nothing to Dad. Mom, don't say nothing so to Dad. So she didn't say nothing. My dad liked the film. <laughs> he loved leather and my ass. Uh, he, uh, what? The neighborhood so barber, the neighborhood barber, so down the, the whole bar. thing. See, the whole thing. Uh, it calls my father in Manhattan <laughs> to tell him, look, they're arresting your son. <laughs> they're taking him to jail. So Nuno comes home and he starts chasing me around the dining room. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? What are you chasing me for? I know what happened. I'm looking at Nana. I'm looking at my mom. Said, "I thought you weren't gonna talk." She's like, "I didn't say that. I didn't say that." I'm like, what the hell? And I caught a beat. Oh, oh, I caught a beat with the belt. But that's you know, I was. Yeah, I used to get a lot of beats. <laughs> I deserved uh, a lot of beats with the belt. Well, yeah, I bet some of them were deserved. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a perfect transition because on my list of what I want to talk about tonight is Nana and Nano. So you're an entrepreneur, really. Your idol, the guy. I mean, your dad was also an entrepreneur. Yes. And yes. So tell me a little bit. So you would be classified as first generation. Your dad, our Nuno, moved from Sicily. Yeah. To New York. He was Yeah. Hey, Nana went. Nana, your grandmother, went to Italy. She was on a boat. Went to Italy to marry him because they. Wrote letters together. Mm -hmm. They did correspondence. Arranged marriage with Basically, She went on the boat with her brother. He took her there to get married. They went on a honeymoon. She came home with no husband because he had to stay there. He was there for six he months. Yeah, get his papers. Six to wait months. to get his papers. Came to America, started cutting hair, and then in '72. He opened up his own barbershop right in the garment center, 38th and 7th. I know, Avenue. such an amazing the location. The heart of New York. Yeah, that is amazing. The best. That place like is still there today. Yeah, it really yeah, is. From 72 today, still there. How long was Nana in America? Nana came in 57. She went back in 60. So she was here three years. And then she went back to marry Nono. And then he came and then in 72. So really, yeah, that, my father was an entrepreneur. You know, yeah, he really. was living the American dream. And that might have rubbed off on me because I used to go shine shoes to him summertime and on Saturdays. Okay, you shine shoes, you sold newspapers. Well, I sold me Andy Lacorsi. So Andy Lacorsi <laughs> had a paper route. Okay? It always goes back to Andy Lacorsi. <laughs> Andy Lacorsi had a paper route. But so you got to remember, Anthony's the youngest of four children. So he was already more, a little bit more acclimated than me. Okay. Because he already had three old siblings, yeah. even though they were from Sicily. So he was already... And he's the youngest. I'm oldest. the oldest. So. And so when I went to school, I looked at the ceiling all day because I didn't understand the language. He already had older siblings, so he, he was already, you know, like spoke the English. But anyway, he owned the paper route. And he says, you want to be my partner? He already had established. And I said, yeah, how much is the buy-in? $50. 
Okay, so I gave him $50 and we became partners. And then he's like, all right, now there's two of us. We got to double the business. We got to go solicit. I said, what's solicit? <laughs> I never knew what solicit means. He said, we got to go solicit more business. So we spent all week knocking on doors, trying That's to get it. more customers. And we did. We did. And we built it up to like a lot. I mean, it was close to 200 papers at one time. And we used to use a shopping cart. <laughs> and then we had one building. We had a building. So, you know, we took the elevators. So that kind of cheated. We had a lot of customers in that building. But, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So we had a built-in clientele. When it snowed, we got to shovel this snow. Because all the sidewalks had to get shoveled. Yeah, that's true. When the plows came, their cars got buried. So we used to un- we used to charge fifty dollars back in the seventies to unbury a car. Oh my gosh! Because it, I mean, when it was a big snowstorm, oh, like yeah, the car got, like the yeah. blizzard of seventy eight. Oh my god, that car was buried, and it was all iced up. So you had to chip and chip and chip at it. And then in the summertime, we would pull their weeds. Whoever had a little lawn, we would do their lawn. So we had three businesses, really, instead of one. Yeah. So that was really my first taste of entrepreneurship. That's awesome. You know? That's great. Really I didn't know that. I had no idea that that was his first Yeah, time. we did that. But I, you know, I owe it all to Anthony. Anthony was always great. Really and you mentioned that. that. So none of them moved here. They didn't know English. No. So then you were taught your first language, from my understanding, was Italian. It wasn't or even Sicilian. Sicilian. It was Sicilian. It was Vietnamese. It was <laughs> a, the language the of dialect, the town. Dialect, the dialect. dialect of the town. It's in very specific. And that's what the whole family spoke. And then it became the Vizzini... Broken English. Broken English kind of language. Masha. Which I, I've Same seen your English. report cards. Nana has them. She showed them to me. If I didn't know the primary language in the country, I probably would have had the same grades as you. Yeah, that was something. I had to go to summer school every freaking summer. I was like, I couldn't believe I passed. Oh, I passed. It was a big deal. I got to go to the next grade. <laughs> <laughs> Those cards were horrible. I was you know, like, I didn't speak English. I didn't know what the hell was going on. That's amazing. I mean, everybody was bringing peanut butter and jelly, and I was bringing a loaf of bread <laughs> with onion and olives. <laughs> I was like, Ma, they don't need a loaf of Italian bread with onion and olives for lunch. We eat peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> so I got butter and jelly. That was the closest we could get to peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter yeah. Yeah, they don't have that over there. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have peanut butter. Um, and I, I don't think they tell them. I don't think they tell them either. They didn't make it. So yeah, that was a. Yeah, I was a shitty student. Okay, so I I want to stay. I want to talk about the move to Rio Rancho, but since we're still in Brooklyn. Tell me about your favorite uh, pizzeria. So, so I lived at my grandmother's house on Gravesend. Because you were how old when you moved to the other three, house? I was three years old when we moved to Bay 49. Okay, so we so originally lived on Bay Section. So by three years old, you already had a favorite pizzeria? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it was meant to be. On Avenue U, you got to remember, my mom's life was wake up, take stuff out of the freezer, Put me in the carriage and go to my grandmother's house. Right. That was it. David for many years. Back. Even though we moved away, we always went there every day. But there was a pizzeria on West 6th and Avenue U, Frank's Pizzeria. Husband and wife operation. And he made the most amazing Sicilian, he made the most amazing pizza. But I think what I like most about it. When I went there, he used to call me Turito. <laughs> Turito, what are you doing? 
Naturi, do you know what that is? No, what does that mean? That's a nickname for Salvatore. Uh, so everybody who's called Salvatore, his nickname is Turito. Like Frank is Cheech. They have a standard so nickname. They have a standard nickname for every <laughs> single name. You know? Josephine is Papuzza, the Pino. So I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. So my nickname was Turito. Torino. 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 So I used to call me Torino. So Nana, when we moved to Bay 49, there was other pizzerias in the neighborhood. She would take, she told me the story. She was, I would take her to the other ones because they were convenient. Well, she's like, no, I want to go to the one that calls me Torino. I want to go to the one that calls me Torino. At a young, young age. Yeah. I could eat pizza every day. <laughs> <laughs> For the longest time, I ate pizza every day. Yeah. <clears throat> Mom used to come home. Mom would say, how many slices did you have today? I only had a half a pie today, four slices. <laughs> and he tried to be off. He's like, you don't understand. That first pizza coming out of the oven, the <clears throat> But that's, that was, I, that's why I fell in love with pizza. And you kept that well clearly you well, kept that's why every time we go anywhere we have that. Yeah, pizza. that's yeah. Every which so that's when we I love going to New York because we always make our rounds of pizza pizza joints. Uh we always go on Avenue U or <laughs> Avenue U. Avenue U. Uh I don't know if there, we don't, there's no pizza joints over there, but we always go to the restaurant. Oh Joseph 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 Avenue. Yeah, but there is pizza park right next door. Okay. But we used to, we always go to LMB. LMB. That's what I was gonna say. So we Spumoni Garden. We always go to Spumoni mm-hmm. Garden. And mom, you actually have a pretty cool story with uh, with LMB and the brand. Yeah. So would you like to share that story? Sure. Uh, my grandfather, uh, my grandfather and grandmother and their children lived right across the street from the LMB location, and my grandfather was. Uh, what did he sell? He sold everything. But he, he sold watermelons. He had a watermelon cart. He had a watermelon cart. Horse and carriage. He sold everything, but that, like, he would have seasons. And so when watermelon season come around, he would go sell watermelon. And, uh, but he had a horse. And he had a wagon to sell his stuff. And this guy was selling spumoni. spumoni. He was making spumoni. And my grandfather says, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> take this, you gotta take the spumoni out yeah. because then people will buy it. So my grandfather, Took him to go buy a horse because the guy didn't know nothing about buying. <laughs> he took him to buy a horse, and if you know anything about L and B, the logo is a cart with the horse and the spumoni at the back. To this day, it's seventy-five years later. The same logo. Oh, seventy. Yeah. What is it? Seventy something years. I don't know. Yeah. It's over seventy. That's years. one. Yeah, that's one of my favorite stories, and that it's one of my favorite pizza places, pizza joints that we yeah. have to. Look, I always tell you guys, there's no such thing as a bad pizza. It's don't do that. <laughs> that's that's that is good. <laughs> we'll say it a little bit later. Everything's yeah, a little bit later. <laughs> Remember, there's no such thing as a bad pizza. <laughs> so, okay, so we talked about your favorite pizza. Let's talk about uh, the move. So we talked about Nana Nana. What made them want to leave New York, Brooklyn, to go to the southwest in Rio Middle of the desert. Yeah, this is, where, this is where it gets super, super confusing. Okay, at 16, I don't care about nothing but hanging out. I'm hanging out with all my friends every day, every night, all the girls, you know, at the Club de Cuisine, on the corner <laughs> in the schoolyard. You know, we're done playing ball and Skelly and all those 
Childish games. Yeah, all, now they're just smoking yeah, stick ball or with football with yeah. dog. Now we're hanging out, smoking cigarettes, drinking beer. All I know is no, 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 came one day and said, we're going away for the weekend. Really? You guys never went away in your whole life. <laughs> They're going away. They're going away, my uncle and my aunt. Where do they go? They come to Rio Rancho, come to find out. That's all I know. Five days later, they come back. Not even a week, five days. They come back and they say, we bought a house in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. <laughs> Rio Rancho, where the hell is Rio Rancho in New Mexico? I never even heard of New Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, I don't know Rio Rancho. I says, I don't think you can drink the water there. Why are we going there? It turns out, it turns out a no-no. Well, really, Uncle Aldo, Tia Aldo, worked with Felix Macchiniano. Who was also a barber. Mm -hmm. also a barber. Worked with Felix Macchiniano for 20 years, right by Macy's on Broadway. Felix had moved here in 72. So fast forward in 78, they came here for the weekend to see Felix, to get away, to see America, to explore, to whatever. And, and pay a visit to an old friend. They pay a visit. Well, they start looking at houses. <laughs> they go visit mommies, mom and dad, grandpa and grandma. Mm -hmm. because, because grandpa had the iron shop on Big 49th who moved here in 1975. So they knew. Three they yeah, so, so when they were having coffee with Felix, the barber, they said, oh, you know, the Ferraro, that's the, the iron worker. worker. You know, he's, I think he lives here too. And Felix says, yeah, he lives right around the corner. Let's go over there. So, <laughs> so they go over there to have coffee. They go visit grandma and grandpa. And grandma says, you, have a, you want a house? My cousin has a house for sale. <laughs> My cousin has a house for sale. Really? They go look at the house, one acre of land, on a corner lot, 135 trees, and they buy the how house. How much was the house? Do you remember? It was 60, I, I know exactly how much it was. It was $63,000. That's crazy. And, you know, he did pretty well at the time, and boom, he bought the house. He comes back, and he says, we're moving. <laughs> we're moving. What do you mean we're moving? How can we move? And he sold the shop, sold the house, and we moved. And I told him, I told him, I said, look, I, I wanted to go to an aviation school in Queens. When I used to go to Shea Stadium, and I went to Shea Stadium 15 times a season. Was, I always used to pass the school on the 7 train in Queens. Take the 7 train to Shea and I said, oh, aviation school. I wanted but he's fascinated I wanted to, with planes. I'm fascinated he's fascinated. With, and I wanted to be an airplane mechanic. You know what I mean? I was like, that's 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 what I want to do. And I said, okay, I'll move. But as soon as I finish high school, I'm moving back. Mm -hmm. I have no intention. Yeah, because you were stay. 16, so you had two more years. So like, really, I was on a three-year accelerated program. Oh, so I would really have graduated so one year. Yeah, the bad grades went away. Then you got to <laughs> I went to high school. I, I, yeah, I, I learned how to speak English. And I, yeah. okay. you know I mean, I did okay. I was like, well, that's one of those small world type of things. Oh, Could you imagine before, three stops away, yeah, and then you guys end up because you already moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. You already moved here. I was here ten years old, and my father knew her father because he did the iron work on the house when we bought the house in 1966. Correct, and so he was right down the block. And then also, 
his, like he said before, his mother would put him in the carriage to take him yeah. walk to so my mother's house. So <coughs> grandfather knew him. Grandpa so, see me growing up. Yeah. I used to pass by the shop every single day. You used and to see my mother. Didn't her grandfather sell you toys? Yeah. <laughs> we used to see him on 86th Street all the time. <laughs> and so that's just so crazy. Like, you guys were three stops away from Brooklyn. Yeah. And you guys had to come all the way to Rio Rancho to finally meet each other. And that's, that's I think that's a story that we could tell at another time. Yeah, I was going to say, let's But that's, but that's how that changes. Because I would have no intentions of staying. I was going away. Yeah, I was going to finish school here and go away. So that's a whole nother story. And that, that's what we'll, we'll tease that. So we'll, we'll pick up next <laughs> week where Sal is, has his little bag. And he's ready to go fly across the country to a good old uh, New Mexico. And then we'll get into... Um, your first or one of your first jobs working here, uh, and how you ended up maybe, uh, not maybe buying the, the place that you were working at. Okay, so all right, yeah, that okay. was that was fun. Uh, thank you guys. If you want to uh, reach out to us, you can contact us on Facebook. Yeah, um, can they give us questions? They can email us, or no, they could just DM us. It's a, oh, DM. the DMs are wide open. So, Instagram, you can go Sally Boy Pod, uh, Sally Boy Podcast Network. Our username is Sally Boy Pod. And then same thing with Facebook. Okay, the name is Sally Boy Podcast Network, and then the username is Sally Boy Pod. Uh, we would love for you guys to reach out to us. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, no hold back. Wait, wait, wait. I sent Michael to Italy for six months to study. He learned two words. Ciao, ragazzi. <laughs>